7.12 p.m. on a Thursday. Let's talk about the difference between acting versus reality. You ever look at an actor? They're playing a part, right? But some people assume that the person in real life is like their character. Two different people. Two different people. You know when you're young, the first time you watch a, a TV, a show, or a movie? Let's go by movies. You know, dramas, thrillers, you know. Sometimes you think in Hollywood, they do stereotype characters. Say if you know someone, an actor who plays a villain, and then they switch it up, and he plays a good guy. But when he plays a good guy, it's not believable. Because all the times that you've seen this actor, he's always played a villain. Sometimes it doesn't work. Some people say, oh, I like the actor. I like it better when he plays a villain versus a good guy. Because when he plays a good guy, it doesn't seem believable. See, stereotyping is wrong, I think. And they do it in every industry, not just in Hollywood, and all around the world. That they stereotype actors and actresses. They think, oh, well, they can only play one role. No. In my lifetime, down the line, when I make this documentary movie, I don't want to be typecast, okay? You say to yourself, I could play more than one role. I could play myself from the ages of 20 and beyond. It's called the magic of makeup. They can make you look younger or they can make you look older. So that's a good thing about the movie industry, the special effects and the makeup. You know what is really drawn to me though? Because I've seen this movie so many times and I'm such a big fan of it. Greek mythology. Because of the special effects, how things are done. See, now everything's computer animated. But back in the day when, and the movie that I'm referring to is Clash of the Titans, the original version with Laurence Olivier, Harry Hamlin, a whole cast of famous people. Because I saw the remake and I really didn't care for it. Okay. The original is the best. It has all these special effects. You say, well, how do they do it? I want to go behind the scenes to see how things are done. The magic of the camera and the makeup. How they transform a person playing like somebody awful. There was one that was changed from a gentleman into a gorgon. It was a man. He had the makeup. Now, close up, he was a real person. Far away, the way they were shooting it, it didn't look real. And you're like, how do they do that? The magic of camera. Camera. See, I'm fascinated with the whole behind the scenes. How are things done? I like to one day shadow someone. See, how are things done? How do you make it look realistic? Because when you play it out on the big screen, it's like magic. But when you see it up close and for real, like you physically want to know how things are done. You know, my always biggest dream that I've ever had, that I've always watched in movies, is playing two people. In other words, you and then playing a twin of yourself. But you know it's one person. But the way they make it look, it's like the camera, the way it's angled, it's like it's a, another person's in the room, but you're physically talking to yourself. It's like, I would like to do that. Play an evil part. Let's play an evil twin versus the good twin. Now, I'm sure it's been done, but you know what? There are many different types of movies to that effect. And that's one of them, I believe. So I think to myself, wow, that would be great, wouldn't it? 
to do that, to play another role, a double role. I've seen it done on soap operas, and I'm like, well, they could do it on a soap opera, they could do it in the movies. If they do the movies, they could do it on television. That's amazing, you know. That's something that I always was interested in when I was a little girl, because again, it's the magic of the camera. Special, I like the special effects, how things are done. And I was always fascinated with the late Chadwick Boseman who was watching Black Panther, and I loved watching that movie. But now there's a new one coming out. I don't know who's playing the part, though. But I think it's going to be tough on his widow. Because, you know, she lost her husband um, to colon cancer at the, at the young age of 43. And you're like, wow. That's like, my God. It's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> um, it is. It's terrible. It's kind of the fact that I still kind of have him haunting me. Because when I first found out that he passed away from colon cancer last year, I was just very haunted by it. Very young, too young, too soon to go. Promising career. I mean, I saw most of his movies, the majority of his movies, and he was really good. Transformed himself into these characters. And, but I liked Black Panther because that was just had a lot of good special effects a good all-star cast, and now they're doing another version of it, but with someone else playing the role, I don't know if it's going to be the same. You know, but you can't really um, get back the actor who played him. You know? But, um, I don't know. I just love the whole special effects, how things are done. Again, producer, director. You know what I've always wanted to do though? A voiceover. Narrator. You narrate your story, but you're also playing the parts. And I think you, there's a way where you can position it. When I was younger, I used to pretend I was all the characters in the book. My sister would make fun of me, my middle sister. She says, how do you do that? I just throw my voice into the character. So the characters could be females, males, with accents. You know, just different roles. It's not that hard. Just that I have to keep practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing until you get it right. Whatever, but. That's why I really believe by doing that part, that part, is important to me. I study how movies are done. I critique and I watch. Sometimes you can catch errors. You think, well, okay, how do you, how, there are errors in movies that people overlook. Once the movie is done, it's all the way onto the big screen. I've noticed certain errors. I'm like, wow, wait a minute. Like certain scenes or certain things that just seem so out of place. Or like when you, you know, like when the starring, like starring so-and-so, Sometimes the names could be backwards. And you're like, wait a minute, you made a mistake right there. Like, oh my god. It's too late to do anything about it, though. That's why I think it's very important. Very important. To consider. Now, people should really... Um... Well, for me, anyway, follow. I like to review and critique. Look over a script. 
make sure that the wording is, you know, correct. That there isn't any misspelling or maybe there's just something like one person says one thing. No, like, I really don't want you to say that. Let's kind of like say it this way. I like to take charge of that. And I can also see myself, again, doing this movie myself without other people. Because again, it's a documentary based off of my own life. Now, you know, there are other characters that are gonna be important and critical to the story. Because instead of me doing it in an audiobook, I don't think it's gonna go very well. In an audiobook, yeah, who wants to sit there and actually listen? Wouldn't you rather see it in action? You know, there's like certain, it's like a drama, a, an actual based on a true story type of thing, the story of your life, how you conquered everything in life. How did you get from here to here? Because when you start from a young age and you work your way down and you think, okay, so she went through all of that. Now, let's see, did something good come from this? You bet. So it's like a documentary, that's part one. And then from that, from say 21 all the way to the age I'm at now, and now you're saying, oh, now, now we're going into the love story of how I met my significant other. How we met, a love story. I'm trying to think of a title though. And actually, if you play like a Greek mythology movie, well, I don't have to change my name because my name is really Aphrodite, Greek goddess. That would be a good movie, Aphrodite. The story of Aphrodite. Yeah, I'm sure it's been played many, many times. Back in the mid 90s, they had Mighty Aphrodite with Miro Sorvino. And when that movie came out, oh my God, I go back to work and one of my ex coworkers would say, Ooh, guess what? I saw you in the movie, Mighty Aphrodite. I'm like, I'm sure you did, but that wasn't me. Just because my name was in there doesn't mean anything. Right? There's a story based on my life I want it to be genuine with a catchy title that people will relate to. Because it's a true-to-life story of all the obstacles and crises we deal with on a daily basis. Every subject, every topic, you know, from death, depression, loneliness, suicide, happiness, grief. You know, there's so many different emotions mixed into this movie. How did you get through it? Well, first of all, you have to be positive. Being positive is, is again, important in this day, especially now when everybody's trying to get back to normal. But there are people still fighting it. And then, and then you think about, well, now there's this other virus that's out. Now they don't think it's a real threat because now everyone's, the majority of the people are vaccinated. So there's a measure of protection, but you still feel kind of like, you know, I'm skeptical about the viruses that are out there. In all the years that we've been here on Earth, all of a sudden it's like a big deal. Remember the flu? Now you think to yourself, the flu has been around a long time, but we don't wear masks for that. All the years that you've been on this Earth and the flu has been more common, the actual flu virus, and you think, that's contagious. And you wonder to yourself, well, why don't people take precaution? If you're sick, stay home. You know when you go to work, you don't want people sneezing and coughing and then they touch everything on your desk. It's like, oh, I gotta get the Lysol out because you touched my stuff. I'm very picky with that. I don't want to be near someone who, quote, sick. Right? You don't want to you don't want to be around someone who could give you those germs. Like, ugh. Terrible. 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 
But you know what? And I'm going to say this for, for anybody who's listening, okay? In order to survive in this world, this negative world, you have to remain positive. You have to. No ifs, ands, or buts. In order for you to survive in this world, positivity, it goes a long way. But see, a lot of people don't want to hear that. Well, I'm sorry. Now you're going to hear it. You have to be positive. I don't care who you are. You have to be positive. Because it's not going to work either way. You can't be negative in a positive world. That doesn't make sense. Who wants to be negative? You have to be positive in a negative world. Now, I've always preached this to the people out there. Now, I don't know who's listening. I don't even know if anybody's listening to these podcasts. I'm looking at the numbers and the percentage of the people by country. I'm trying to reach a global audience because that's my target, the global population. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, here in the United States, nobody has dealt with any of these problems. Yes, people have dealt with these types of issues and problems. But it's more so international. When you think of all the places and the people and the resources of, well, guess what? This now is a season of giving. And there's a lot of people that cannot afford to get the, the things that they want for their children. They're living in poor times. See, here in America, everybody's always getting, going out, and standing online for the latest electronic. And I'm like, ah, what's wrong with the people that don't have anything? Don't you feel bad for them? Now, everyone's out there at the Salvation Army and donations and GoFundMe pages. It's not enough. It's not enough. Say to yourself, this is what I need to do to survive right? This is what I need to do to survive. In all the times that I've been on this earth, this is how I feel, okay? This is how I feel. This is how I feel, because I think it's very important. You know, when you think about people that don't have anything, nothing. In other words, zero, zilch. In another part of the world, I said I would gladly give this stuff and I will gladly give it away. Why? Because I don't want it. Why would I want to hold on? First of all, for me to hold on to this stuff, it's just material things. And material things in this day and age don't matter. People. Put people first. People matter. People are on top. Do you understand that? You cannot replace people. You can't replace people. You can replace material things. You can replace things that are, are people that are looking for value. But you cannot replace a person. Why would you do that? That's why I said, the things that I have, I don't want. They don't mean anything to me. Materialistically? No, they don't. And why would they? Now you say to yourself that people matter to me in this day and age. It's very, very, very important. I like the idea of giving back. You know what? This is what one my my biggest thing is: giving back to people who need it the most. Just giving it back. Because nowadays, 
people can't afford to buy the finer things in life. You think to yourself, what do you mean by that? Well, think about it. Think about that for a second. The finer things in life. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's, let's go into one part of the world where there are poor people, right? They don't have anything. There's a family of four in this tiny little house, right? Then the father is the head. So now he has to go out and he has to provide for his wife and children. But the job that he has doesn't pay that much. But it's still a job. Okay? It's not the greatest job, but it's a job, right? When it comes time for the holidays, though, he wants to make his family's holiday special. So when I look back at my father, I'll give you an example. Again, my father was not rich. He had two jobs. And he provided us and gave us the things that we needed and wanted in life. We didn't even have to ask for it. He provided it for us. But when I see people struggling, they don't have a dime to their name. They don't have anything to call their own. It bothers me. I can't sit here in this part of the world in my nice cozy home with all the stuff. Do you think this stuff makes me happy? No. It does not make me happy at one bit. I think about people. Especially now during the holidays when everyone makes such a big deal. Oh, everybody's giving. See, I don't think people give. I think people receive more than they give. And I think that that should be switched around. And everyone's like saying it's the season of giving. But when you think about it, travel to other parts of the world. And people are waiting on long lines to get the latest electronic or whatever. The latest trending item. Not thinking about, hey, look. I can take this item and not use it for myself. I could take it and I can just give it to someone that may need it more. The things that I have in boxes upstairs, I really don't want. I have no use for them. I keep cleaning out stuff. I want this to be clutter free because again, it's important to me. It's important to me. I don't like to see people suffer. I don't like to see people struggling. I don't like to see people starving. I don't like that. It bothers me. I can't sit, say, with a group of people in a restaurant eating a feast and knowing that somewhere far away there are people that are living in this tiny little home and they don't have much to eat. They barely enough for themselves. And whatever little they have, they give it to their children because, you know, Growing children need to eat, and you feel bad. Now, if you think to yourself, what if someone in that family gets sick? You can't afford to go to the hospital over there because they want their payment. Doctors. Doctors, you know what I think about doctors? Doctors and dollar signs. Because, again, your job as a doctor, you took the Hippocratic Oath to heal people, to make them well. Not to, hey, before I treat you, I need you to pay me. No. No. You don't ask for payment up front. You treat that person and you make them well. Then you talk about, hey, let's talk about a payment plan. Doesn't work, does it? Yeah. Doctors and dollar signs. Because that's the first thing they see is the money. The money. That's what they see. So you say to yourself... What can I do? What can I do to make it better for them? What can I do? Tell me. Tell me, oh wise one. 
Sorry, I'm being sarcastic. You know what? I'm never sarcastic, but when it comes to how I think about how in this part of the world, everybody's always receiving, very less giving. Because everybody wants the latest electronic, the latest phones, the latest big screen television. It's like, oh my God, I could do without all of that stuff. And again, I would be much happier giving away the things I have. Why? If I'm gonna put a smile on someone's face, I wanna see their face light up with joy. When you do humanitarian work and you're an ambassador, you think about the people that you want to help and not just quote children, although children make up a big part of it, everybody you don't rule anybody out it's children it's young adults it's adults it's senior citizens it's everybody everybody because everybody needs a little brightening especially around the holidays how do i how do i know so much about this because of my own childhood i was one that would just felt bad if i even got a gift from someone because I feel like, what's the point of, I'm not gonna use it, it's just gonna be sitting there on a shelf. This could be given to someone who might need it. Might bring a little smile and joy to their face, you know? So you say to yourself, this will make me happy if I go out and I get something for someone. And again, I don't want anything in return. If I ever get anything in return, give me a medal, give me a trophy, give me something with my name on it. I'll gladly put it on the shelf. I don't want material things. Never wanted material things, not materialistic. Maybe back in the day, I will admit it to you, but you know what? I sometimes felt guilty for accepting things from people because what, I may not use them. Sometimes you think of the gifts that people give you over the years and you think, am I really gonna use this? No, let me just send it to somebody else because I think somebody else will benefit, will benefit from it, you know? That's what I think. Like right now, I have a kitty cat. Well, I'm not gonna give him away because he's my baby. He's been with me since he was a kitten, right? Yeah, he's been with me ever since he was a kitten, but, but, yeah, yeah, he's a good boy. Keeps me company through this. Lonely time. You know, you keep your mommy company? Yeah, keeps his mama company. He's a good boy. So anyway, so that's why I said the season of giving is very important. Okay, giving. Not receiving, giving. But see, when you think of Christmas, if you think about Christmas, the story of Christmas, it's really not about gifts. It's the story of Christ. Have you ever gone to church? Learn the true meaning of what Christmas is because I don't understand this whole gift thing. I don't understand it. I don't understand Santa Claus. I don't understand any of the stuff that's related to Christmas. Christmas is a story of Christ. Christ's birth. The birth of Christ. And I still don't understand why Christmas is such a big deal. It's a beautiful holiday, don't get me wrong. Well, for me anyway, it's kind of a holiday don't want to really celebrate because there's too much pain and I've there's no reason for me to celebrate it since my parents are gone so I kind of just keep to myself every holiday that I've gone through without my parents has been very difficult and I just stopped even my birthday you think well it's the day of your birth but whatever but um again Christmas in reality is a story of the birth of Christ. But what I still don't understand what the gift part is on that. There's got to be a story behind that. 
But anyway, so I'm just going to say giving. That's the true human nature of Christmas, giving. Giving to people in need. Giving to people who don't have anything. Giving, not receiving. So giving is really the true nature of Christmas, not receiving. Now, you might not all agree with me on that. That's just my personal opinion. That's the true definition of a human being is giving. Giving back is the definition of a human being. So if I had to choose between giving and receiving, I would rather give than receive. That's just me, though. I just have a hard time receiving. It's, it's just from stem personal experience. But anyway, so I'm going to let you guys go. And I just want you to think about what the true meaning of Christmas is. Because it's not, yes, we're going to Christmas and we're buying presents for people. No, no. It used to be like that, but not anymore. Not anymore. So, I'm going to say God bless all of you. Stay positive. Stay safe. Take care. Thank you.